from the corner of 16th and Peachtree Street, right next to the High Museum of Art in Midtown Atlanta, welcome to the First Presbyterian Church. I'm Senior Pastor Tony Sundermeyer, and I want to thank you for tuning in to today's broadcast. And I would invite you now to join us in the worship of God. Now listen for God's word as it comes to us through Psalm 124, verses 1 through 8. If you would like to follow along, it is on page 540 in the Old Testament section of your pew Bible. Listen for the word of God. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, let Israel now say, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side when our enemies attacked us, then they would have swallowed us up alive when their anger was kindled against us. Then the flood would have swept us away. The torrent would have gone over us. Then over us would have gone the raging waters. Blessed be the Lord who has not given us as prey to their teeth. We have escaped like a bird from the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. This is the word of the Lord. Friends, would you join me in prayer? Lord, break open your word afresh to us this day so that we would be different people than those who came into this sacred space, even to be more like your son, Jesus the Christ. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. Well, Psalm 124, a song celebrated by pilgrims making their way to Jerusalem during high holy seasons, is no doubt, no doubt, a song of triumph. It's a song of victory. It's a song that commemorates the success of life over death. And this psalm is undeterred, undeterred in giving credit where credit is due. This triumph, this victory, this success does not arrive by the psalmist's own hands. This triumph, this victory, this success that the psalmist sings about and writes about belongs to God. It belongs to God. The writer is certain, so certain he wants everybody to say it twice. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, let Israel now say, if it had not been that the Lord was on our side, we wouldn't have survived the enemy who attacked us. We wouldn't have survived the flood that, that tried to drown us out. We wouldn't have survived the snake that tried to ensnare us. In other words, if it wasn't for God, we wouldn't be here. If it wasn't for God, we would not be alive. The most obvious aspect of this text might just be the most profound. The one who sings this song can only sing it because they are alive. 
The one who sings this song can only sing it because they have tasted God's salvation. They have been rescued. It's because they still have breath in their lungs to actually sing. That's not to say, that is not to say that the pain or trauma or scars of their experiences have been erased or forgotten. Far from it. Even when Jesus was raised from the dead, the scars of his crucifixion were still in plain view. And so it is for any of us this day. Facing the enemy, facing the flood, facing the snakes of this world. No doubt they have done their work on us. They've done their work on us. They've done their work on the world. They have left their mark, but they have not been victorious, says the psalmist. They have not won the day. They haven't put us in the ground. Even us here sitting in worship this morning, even those tuning in on live stream, we are alive. We are here. And we are singing such a song because God has made it so. If it hadn't been for God, if it hadn't been for God, we wouldn't have survived the enemy. We wouldn't have survived the flood we wouldn't have survived the snake. We wouldn't have breath in our lungs even in this very minute to give praise to our God. Because of God's gracious mercy, we are here right now in this place. I know there are many within the sound of my voice that can sing this song. I know you can sing it. I've heard you sing it. Many who can who can sing this song of rescue. Some are able to sing because after facing the enemy, after facing the flood, after facing the snakes of violence or assault or persecution or disenfranchisement, have actually found healing, have actually found their voice, have found a deep well of power and strength. And they make their song in this very day, if it hadn't been for God who made a way when there was no way. My help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Some are able to, to sing this victory song after a scary diagnosis, after a lifelong illness, a childhood disease, perhaps a health battle that, that continues to rage on in their lives. And yet in the face of the enemy, in the face of the flood, in the face of this snake, they too make their song. If it hadn't been for God, I wouldn't be here right now. If it hadn't been for God, there would be no me. My help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Some are able to sing this song even when they walk through the valley of the shadow of death. The enemy, the flood, and the snake have have taken someone or something of great value to us. Some have faced grief and transitions and, and losses of all kinds, and yet they still stand on a day like today, and they still sing. If it hadn't been for God, we wouldn't have been able to press on. If it hadn't been for God, I wouldn't have any hope. If it hadn't 
been for God, I'm not sure I still would have the will to live. My help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Friends, this is a song that we not only sing as individuals, but it's a song that we sing corporately. I think it's a song that we are supposed to sing as a whole church, and not just in the generic sense, but the First Presbyterian Church of Atlanta, this corporate body gathered here today. It's a song that we're called to sing together because First Presbyterian Church has has faced the enemy in some ways. We have faced floods as a church. We have faced snakes, through some of the most pressing social and theological issues, issues that that tore churches apart, that led congregations to be at odds with each other, and in some cases which led them to eventually close their doors. God has kept us, church, alive and well for 170 years in the choice that many urban churches faced in the 1960s through the 1980s as to whether or not they should leave the city for the spacious facilities and the plethora of parking that the suburbs had to offer them. God has kept us alive and well on the corner of 16th and Peachtree Street for the past 100 years. And in the places over time where we have not embodied the truth that the gospel is good news for all people. Where we have made enemies, where we've caused floods, where we have acted like snakes, there is breath in our lungs even now to confess those things. And there's room in our hearts to receive once again the forgiveness of God and God continues to pour out this grace into our church so that we can be more like Jesus, that we can do better, that we can, in the words of Charles Black, help somebody in the way of Jesus in Atlanta and for the world. Church, if it hadn't been for God, the first Presbyterian church of Atlanta would not be here. Our help yesterday, our help today, our help into the future is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. I said it a moment ago, the most obvious aspect of this text might be the most profound. No matter what enemy, what flood, what snake we have faced, as we gather in this sanctuary this morning with blood pumping through our bodies, neurons firing in our brains, and breath in our lungs, friends of God and And followers of Jesus Christ are invited to sing this song anew. If it hadn't been for God. If it hadn't been for God, our help is in the name of the Lord, the one who made heaven and earth. So how might you sing this song? What tune will you carry into the world? Will you name the victories? Will you name the rescue? Will you name the liberation? Will you name the forgiveness? Will you name the healing that God has rendered in your life? Will you sing this song? Not just any song, but this song, that our help is in the name of the Lord the maker of heaven and earth. Even as you ponder that question, even as perhaps you're provoked by that question, I think it's 
appropriate to name one of the hard truths that, like the dark side of the moon, only comes to be known when we move around and, and shine some light on it. And, and here's what I think we need to name. I think here's something that we need to shine some light on. There are some people in this world, there are some people within the sound of my voice, some people here in this sanctuary who just cannot sing. And I don't mean you can't be in the choir. You just can't sing. The enemy has stolen their voice. The flood has drowned them out. The snake's poison has numbed their lips. They just cannot bring themselves to sing. These songs of triumph and these songs of success seem incompatible with what they carry, perhaps even what they carry into this church right now. Perhaps the one who has buried a child just can't sing. Perhaps the one whose human dignity and voice was violently stripped away by someone more powerful and they just can't sing. Perhaps the one whose faith is teetering on the brink of destruction, they just can't sing. Perhaps the one who has been rejected and denied justice because of their faith, because of their gender, because of their orientation, because of their skin color, because of their nationality or their socioeconomic status, and they just can't bring themselves to sing in this broken world. So what then? What then, church? What do Christians do? What do we do when we recognize that some people just cannot sing? Do we force them into song? Do we call them to put a smile on their face, to fake it until they make it, to buck up, to get in line, to have them count their blessings because they are so very blessed? No, what we do as a church is we sing for them. That's what we do every Sunday when we gather in praise of God. We sing for God, but we sing for each other. We sing for the brokenness of the world. And our song is so very simple. God has overcome the world. God has overcome the world. For Christ himself, the believer's treasure, here it is. For Christ himself has faced the enemy. He has faced the flood. He has faced the snake, and they thought they had won the day as he breathed his last breath on a Roman cross. They thought the victory song would be silenced forever when they laid him in a tomb. But on the third day, church, you got to smile with me. Help me here. On the third glorious day, a day that is, I think, the hinge of human history. On the third day, God raised Jesus from the dead. Amen? Amen. That, is, that is our treasure. That God has swallowed up death in victory. And this victory does not come because we are special Presbyterians. Because we're fancy First Presbyterian Church of Atlanta members. Because we are morally superior. 
because we vote the right way, we think the right way, we live the right way. No, this is because of who God is and what God has done. And let us be clear and remember that Jesus was and is the crucified God. Jesus was a victim whose voice and whose song had been silenced, but God was on his side. That is the song we sing for ourselves. It's a song we sing for everyone who has been robbed of breath, who has been beaten and battered and silenced and denied justice by enemies, by floods, and by snakes. And we are on their side, church. We preached about this not too long ago. We are on their side, and we're going to keep on singing because God is on their side, and God keeps on singing. And we're going to sing some more. And choir, we're going to sing some more. And we're going to sing some more after that until all people in every corner of God's good world find their voice to sing. We won't stop singing until everybody finds their voice. I close with this. You know, this theme of singing, this is the lectionary text for the day. This came to us by that cycle of text that comes every three years, and it fits so very well with our organ dedication for today. For this magnificent, magnificent rather, instrument, this instrument with its 6,300 plus pipes, its principal purpose is not to entertain us. Its principal purpose is not to make us feel good. Although we're feeling pretty good because it is a fine instrument. I know Jens is feeling pretty good. But the principal purpose of an organ in the life and faith of a church is what? To help the congregation sing. To help the congregation sing. Each and every week, Jens opens this thing up and helps us to sing. And friends, we are God's instrument. That's what the church is. It's God's instrument. And just as Jens brings this organ to life, so too does God bring us to life to sing the songs of victory, to sing the songs of God's rescue, even when death and destruction are closing in. Church, we have to keep singing these songs. We have to. We must sing them for a broken and violent and fractured and bewildered world that has lost its voice in so many ways. We must sing for those who have no song to sing. We must sing for those who face the enemy, face the flood, and face the snakes of this world and tell them that God is greater than these. That God has conquered death itself so we all may be liberated from fear of death. Fear of what it means to truly live. Which in the words of Micah 6, 8, one of Charles Black's favorite verses, to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with our God. So brothers and sisters, on this very special day, for the sake of the gospel and for the sake of the world, will you keep singing? Church, come on. We just got through Charles Black's service yesterday. There's more energy in the room. Will you keep singing? Thanks be to God. Amen.
100 years of ministry on the corner of 16th and Peachtree Street, 170 years in the larger life of the Atlanta community. And God is not done with us yet. God is calling us to keep on singing for God, for one another, and for a world that's lost its voice. May we be that church. May we be that people. And may the peace of God, which goes beyond all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ. May that peace abide with us still as we celebrate in an all-church picnic and celebrate our faith and life together in the days ahead. Amen. 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 A peace of Christ.